You are listening to the weekly podcast of City Church Orlando, located just off of 1792 at 650 Airport Boulevard in Sanford, Florida. Our website, orlandocitychurch.com. Today, Lead Pastor Eugene Smith will continue with our series called 50 Days of Fitness. Again, we will be talking about focusing on how we can honor God with our bodies. Our prayer for you today is that you discover God's mission God's plan for every area of your life. Our scripture text comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting in verse 23. Today's message is entitled, All in the Family. Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. We're going to broach on a topic that we don't normally talk about at church. As a matter of fact, I was thinking I've been doing what I'm doing before you today for a long time, for many years. And I've actually never done a series on physical health. We talk a lot about the spiritual and the reality of the spiritual in our life, but the fact is our physical reality, our bodies, impact our spiritual life in an incredible way. So this morning, and we are actually, we began last week, we're on a journey. Everyone say 50 days to fitness. Now we're going to do the spiritual and the natural because that's the way God always works. God always works in spirit and in truth. And so on the spiritual side, for the rest of the year, for the whole year, we're going to read the Bible through as a church. And last week I told you, if you read the Bible all the way through this year, I'm going to buy you a Bible. And I put it up last week. And to help you do that, we have a little reading plan for, for you. It began January 1st, and, and so you could jump in even if you decide to do it today. Today is January 9th. You would jump in on January 9th, and, and you would start to read the passages that are listed there. If you do this, you will read the Old Testament through one time and the New Testament through twice. It'll change your life. Jesus said, man will not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the book of God. So I want you to repeat after me. I am not moved. Well, I can't hear you. I am not moved by what I see. I am not moved by what I hear. But I am moved by every word that proceeds from the book of God. All right, so it's the B-I-B-L-E, the Bible. Now, we're also going to talk really real and get really nitty-gritty about something that we don't like to talk about, and that is our physical body. Because what's happened, what's happened in our world is that we have projected images or things or people that we think are the perfect bodies, and we bought into a lie. We bought in that we are supposed to look like somebody else. And the fact is, you'll never be somebody else. God made you just the way you are. God made you so that you would grow to a certain height. God made you so that the color of your skin was the color that it is. God made you so that you would have five fingers or five toes or six fingers or six toes. I mean, whatever you have, God made you that way. God made some with big noses, some with little noses. God made some with brown hair, some with yellow hair, some with white hair, some with black hair. I mean, God made us all different kinds of ways. And because we've bought into this world view, this system of the world, we project what other people look like onto ourselves, and that's the way we should look. The problem is most of the people that we think we should look like don't really look like that. They've been airbrushed, they've been puffed, they've been touched, they've been nicked, they've been tucked, all kinds of things. The other day, I saw Joan Rivers on TV, and she had the tightest face for an 80-year-old woman that I'd ever seen. I said, there's no way that she looks like that. She had some help. Somebody helped her along the way. Now, you know, we're at that time of year where people, they have New Year's resolutions. Isn't that right? 
And maybe you did a few this year. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having a New Year's resolution. I Googled last week, you know, what, what, what are the most common New Year's resolutions that people make? And so I'm going to give them to you, whether you want to hear them or not. These are the most common ones. And, you know, the most 10th most common one that people gave is that most people want to help other people in 2010. They want to do a better job of helping other people. Number nine is mo- most people want to spend more time with their family. Most people want to get out of debt. Everyone say, get out of debt. We all understand that. We want to get out of debt. The fact is today, this is a fact, that Americans last month spent $17 billion less on credit cards same time last year. So there's a lot of people that are really focused and concerned about the future of the economy. So people are putting less on credit, which is a good thing. That's a good thing. Everyone says that's a good thing. All right. So most number seven is people want to learn something new. They want to get organized. Number five, they want to quit drinking. Number four, they want to enjoy life more. Number three, people want to lose weight. Number two, people want to get fit. And the number one thing that people that people that do this, they want to stop doing, is they want to stop smoking. But as I began to look at that list, about half of these things had to do with your physical body and the way your physical body feels. Because the way that you feel has a direct impact on how you live your life. Now, I want you to say mission. Come on, say it again. Say mission. You were created for mission. We've used the word purpose here quite a bit. But you were created for mission. God fashioned you. God made you. God created you very specially. He's created you uniquely. You're the only you on the planet. And he has a wonderful purpose for your life. But there's a real bad devil. Everyone say the devil's bad. All the time, the devil's bad. All the time, the devil's bad. I mean, the devil is really, really, really bad. He hates you and has a terrible plan for your life. He hates you. He absolutely hates your life. Now, like I mentioned in the very beginning, we spend most of the time in church talking about the spiritual. Read your Bible more, pray more, forgive people, love people, help people, all these. And those are all good things. Those are all things that the Bible teaches But the Bible also talks about your body. Over 285 times in the Bible, the word body is used. It's important to God. We're going to talk more about that in just a moment. It's really, really important to God. Your body is really important to God. But some of us in this mission are going to shortchange God's plan for us because we haven't got a right view of our body. And we haven't taken care of our body the way that God wants us to take care of it. So we're on a journey together. Now, I'm not setting myself up to be the post boy of anything. As a matter of fact, I'm just like you. I grew up in a household where I watched a lot of Saturday morning cartoons. Anybody watch a lot of Saturday morning cartoons growing up? I watched a lot of Saturday morning cartoons. So my mom had this plan. She was going to have us eat really healthy. You know, my mom would make oatmeal. I put a few raisins on it. We call them ticks. And we put a few raisins on it, put some brown sugar, honey, and say, here, eat healthy. And we're like, no, we want Cocoa Puffs. No, we want blueberry, count chocolate. And my favorite was Sugar Pops. Anybody remember that? You're like, if you're like my age, Sugar Pops, remember that? The old guy coming out on a horse, and he's cracking a whip, on you know, and the kernel of corn pops up, and, you know, Sugar Pops. Just the name itself. I mean, Sugar Pops for breakfast. And that's how we grew up. And so there's always this paddle in our family. And, 
You know, my mom knew that it wasn't good, but she'd give in because we'd nag. And, you know, we watched a lot of Saturday morning cartoons. And we've been brainwashed. Fifty years ago in America, this is a fact, 50 years ago, years ago in America, the average American male and woman was one inch shorter and 25 pounds less. That's a, that's a fact. 25 years ago, people were one inch shorter and 25 pounds skinnier. So we fast forward 50 years, and all of a sudden, now we got people, they're one inch taller, but they're also what? 25 pounds, reverse it. They're 25 pounds heavier on the average. And that's a problem. It's a problem. Now, this is really personal to me. This is really, really, really personal to me. When I moved here, I've always been a fairly thin guy. I haven't, you know, I've eaten my share of Twinkies and donuts and done all that. But I've always, you know, I worked in restaurants. I've always moved quick. I've just, I ran when I was a kid. I played basketball, been fairly active. And so I never got really big. But, but when I, I was in, uh, when I first moved here, when I lived in Seattle, they had a thing called Starbucks that was just introduced to the nation. And I became a Starbucks fan. Therefore, I helped the stock price of Starbucks escalate because I went to Starbucks every day. And I had a double, triple, I love brevets. Anybody know what a brevet is? A brevet is made with cream. It isn't even 2%. It's the real stuff. Double shot of coffee, boom. And, man, I had one of those every day. And then because of where Seattle's located, everybody has espresso machines. I mean, everybody. Every, every, every corner, every gas station, every restaurant every everything's got a starbucks machine or some kind of espresso machine and our church decided we would have an espresso machine and so we set actually set the espresso machine up out in the parking lot so people could pull through our parking lot on the way to work in the morning so they could buy their double shot on the way to work right from our church we had our own little cafe thing set up and we sold so every day i'd go in i'd get me a double i'd get me a triple and i found myself all of a sudden man i was drinking a lot of coffee and I'd start to, you know, you drink that stuff, man, you're starting to go pretty wired all day. And, and that wasn't good. And I said, you know what, this isn't right, and this isn't good for me, and so I'm not going to continue to do this. And so I actually prayed. I asked God to forgive me. I had another friend of mine pray with me. I said, God, forgive me for allowing this to master my life. And I just prayed a really simple prayer. I said, God, forgive me, you know, because I, I tend to do things in extreme. When I, you know, whatever I do, I tend to do it maximize. You know, I tend to, I tend to be that way, just my personality. So... So I was doing that with coffee. Well, we come here. God speaks to our heart. We're going to plant this church. We start City Church. And I find this wonderful thing here in the South called sweet tea. Anybody ever drink a glass of sweet tea before? I mean, mean, let me tell you, man. I found the miracle drink. I found the super drink. I found the drink of all drinks. It's called sweet tea. And especially when it's brewed fresh. And they melt that sugar. You know, the hot water gets in and it melts that sugar just right. Boy, you get yourself a glass of sweet tea. And the girls here would make me a pot of sweet tea fresh every day. And so, I, you know, most people, like most people in America, we don't eat breakfast. We run out the door. I'd go to come up to church, fresh pot of sweet tea, while I start drinking me that sweet tea. And so I come here, I weigh 165. All of a sudden, I get on the scale, and I'm over 205. And that's 40 pounds. Now, how many of you know what BMI is? Okay. So, you know, you're going to discover what BMI is in the coming weeks. But BMI stands for Body Mass Index. And uh, my body mass index shot up way through the roof, and I actually found myself to be in the obese category. And, but, you know, beside that, besides just kind of feeling a little sluggish, I started having physical problems. And one morning, I was laying in bed, and my brain said, hey, time to go, time to jump out of bed. And I went to jump out of bed, and I literally was paralyzed. I couldn't move. My brain said, okay, legs move. My legs are saying, you ain't going nowhere. 
And I mean, it was painful. It was like, oh, it hurt so bad. I literally rolled out of bed and I crawled all the way into the bathroom. Now, one day, man, I just, I had a Charlie horse that day, no big deal. Well, it happened another day and then another day. And within a period of a month, it happened a number of times. I mean, a number of times, and I realized there's something wrong with my physical body. Do you know your body speaks to you? Your body speaks to you. I mean, you just think about, think about the foods that you crave. How did that happen? Because your body's speaking to you. And, and if you eat certain kinds of food, processed food, sugary foods, if you've eaten that your whole life and you've been brainwashed by Saturday morning cartoons and that's been your diet, that's what you'll crave. And so you're going to have to do some rechange into the way you think if your lifestyle is going to change. Now, I realized it's not a pro- I had a problem. And so I thought, well, what have I done differently? One, I gained, gained 40 pounds. Why did I gain 40 pounds? Well, I know that all that sugar and that sweet tea, and we're going to do a little illustration over the coming weeks. You're going to see how much sugar you actually eat. And, we're, and I realized that that sugar is not good. And, you know, one can, you know, one 12-ounce can of Coke of any flavor is, has four ounces of sugar, one 12-ounce. So how much is that? What's that? One-third. One-third of a can of Coke. Just take, open up the sugar bowl and just, just throw it right in your mouth. Just take four ounces and just eat it raw. That's what one can of Coke is. Well, sweet tea's probably double that, right? <laughs> I mean, sweet tea is sweet for a reason. And so I found myself, wow, I got problems. I said, I'm not going to do that. I said, God, help me. Forgive me. And I stopped drinking sweet tea, and immediately the weight started dropping off. And over the last three years, that little issue with my legs only happened one time. And you know what it was? I backslid, drank a bunch of sweet tea, ate a cheesecake, you know, I mean, I loaded up on sugar the day before, and then I had a problem again. It's too much. My body was telling me that's not good. Now, we are on a journey together, and this journey is not about behavior modification. See, that's the challenge. That's the problem. We think, you know, we're going to try the Jenny Craig diet. We're going to try the Weight Watchers program. We're going to do all these things, and those things are good within themselves. But unless we make some significant lifestyle changes and mindsets about the way we eat and about our bodies and who we are, it won't change. We'll do those things, and then within a short period of time, we'll be right back, and many times our condition will be even worse. So we've got to make some changes. We've got to think differently about who we are and our mission in life and what God has called us to do. Now, when you're listening, you know, it's challenging. It's a challenge for me to preach this because I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but I'm not here to hurt anybody. I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you discover God's mission and God's plan for every area of your life. You see, in 2010, we labeled this year destined to win. Destined to win. Destined to win in 2010. I mean, that's God's plan. I mean, I like that graphic. I want to thank Kelly, uh, Scott, for making that graphic. Destined to win in 2010. God's created you to win in every area of your life. God wants you to win in your faith. 2010, the prayer of Paul should be your prayer. To know Jesus, to know him more, and the presence and the power of his resurrection. To know him. To know Christ. I mean, that should be your number one goal. That should be all of our number one goals. To know Christ, his resurrection power, the reality who he is in our life every single day. That's called your faith life. But then you also have families. You have people. You have family that you're connected with, that you're married to, that you produce. I mean, you got families, and God wants you to have great families. God wants you to have families that love him. God wants you to have relationships that are whole. I got a text on Christmas Day from a friend of mine, a guy that I've known for over 20 years. A guy very successful in his life very successful in his life. I get a text Christmas Day. Been married 15 years, three beautiful children. 
He says, Christy's in sin. She wants to leave me. She wants a divorce. She's run off some other guy. She's doing some stupid thing. I thought, oh my God, here's a girl that grew up in the church. She literally, she, she not only grew up in the church, she'd been in ministry teams. She'd been worship leader. She knows God. And all, she just got this in her mind. She's done. I don't know what happened. It didn't happen overnight, but she was done. And this guy is just like, he's overwhelmed. He's devastated. Please pray. And so over the last couple of weeks, I've been praying for him, calling him on the phone, talking with him, getting strategic about, you know, just about the whole, his whole life. And, and God's helping him through it, but God wants him to win. But the enemy has a terrible plan for his life. Everyone say, the devil's bad. And all the time, the devil's bad. God, God has a plan for your life and finances in the area of your finances. God has a plan for your life in the area of friends and your relationships. But God also has a plan for your life in the area of your physical body. So we spend 99% of our time in the church talking about the spiritual. And this huge thing over here, it's like the elephant in the room we never talk about. Because we do, we feel bad, and, and, and all those things are true. And so what happens is we do what I call this process. You know, they talk about this process of grief. This grief process, I call it the frustration process. But the first thing, we just deny it. Well, who are you? To, what are you talking about? You know, there's a couple verses in the Bible that say physical exercise. If you read the King James, physical exercise, profit little. That ain't no big deal. God turned God turn that sugar in my body to make it into muscle. Yeah, right, right. You know, I went to apply for life insurance a couple weeks ago, and, uh, and I had a little problem because both of my parents died before the age of 60. So this is getting real personal to me now. This is getting real personal. I'm 46. Both of my parents died before the age of 60. My mom, 52. My dad, 59. And because of that, they want to really examine me. And most life insurance companies, when they look at me, they say, you are a statistic. Everyone say, I am a statistic. I'm a statistic. They do what they call in the insurance business actuaries. And actuaries are just a prediction that this is how long you are going to live based on these conditions in your life. And they're really accurate. They're really, and the reason that they'll give you a million-dollar policy that they'll probably never pay out on is because they know that you're probably going to live not that long. And they're betting on it. They're betting on you dying before your family ever becomes a millionaire. That's what they're betting on. So you're a statistic. We don't want to believe it, so we're in denial. We're in denial. We've got a problem, and I'll take care of it later, and I'm too busy. And we have all these excuses that we want to line up. And then we come to church, we oh, I just want to hear about, you know, come on. Jesus, he's my healer. Yes, he's your healer. Everywhere Jesus went, he went around doing good, and he healed. He loves to heal. But I tell you what's a greater miracle? I call it divine health. And we're going to talk about that over the next four weeks as we journey together, as we discover God's plan from his word about how we take care of this thing we call the body. And so, uh, you know, I was, oh, God, help us. God, help us. So we're in denial. Then we get mad at ourselves. We've tried all these plans, and it didn't work. And, you know, all these things. And the reality is because of our overweightness in America, we spend $176 billion on doctors, on drugs, on medications, on all these things that are a direct correlation to us being overweight. We spend 15% of our gross domestic product on medical care. 
highest in every, any nation of the world. As a matter of fact, you can put almost every single nation in the world and they don't spend as much as we do. All the nations combined spend as much as one country does on medical care. It's a big priority to us. But the problem is we're trying to fix it after the fact rather than getting into what God's Word says and fix it before it ever is a problem. So we're trying to be reactive rather than proactive. And I just said, God, if we can impact one young person, if we can get one person to think differently about who they are in you and about their mission in life and why they're on this planet and why they should walk out your purposes for them. See, it's not just an individual. My life just doesn't impact me. I am a model. I'm a model. And I'm not like, you know, a a magazine model. I'm a model to my boys. I'm a model to my boys. Last night, this became so real to me. I'm in my bedroom, and I'm studying, and I got my computer open, and and, uh, I got up, walked into the other room, walked into Austin's room. Walked into Austin's room, and guess what Austin was doing? What do you think Austin was doing? He was on his computer. I don't know what he was doing, but he had his laptop open, and he was on his computer. And I, thought, I, just, I just had to stop because I was thinking about this message. And so I walked over to the office where Keenan was at. And what do you think Keenan was doing? He was on his computer. They were doing exactly what they had just seen their father do. They, were mo- they had a mentor. His name was Eugene. And Eugene was modeling for them behavior. And so that's exactly what's happened in our life. Our parents modeled for us the way to live. And most of us follow the cycle. It's a reality. I'm not making this up. I'm just reporting to you the facts. But God's got another plan. And you can change. You see, I'm not into behavior modification. Behavior modification doesn't work. Because behavior modification is all about you. If I do this harder, I try harder, I go to this, do No, 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 no. We're not about behavior modification. We're about life transformation. Everyone say life transformation. God wants to change the way that you think. Put that verse, put that big picture of the brain up there. I want you to see that brain again. Because I want you to see this verse the Lord gave me last night. It's found in the New Living. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Don't copy the behaviors or the customs of this world but change the way that you think. Now, that's a challenge because I've been programmed. I watched every cartoon. I watched a lot of TV when I was a kid. Matter of fact, most of the fights that I'd have with my sisters was about which TV program we were going to watch. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, when I was a kid, there was nothing else. We didn't have Xbox and PlayStation, and we, we didn't have none of that. We had a TV set. And we had to turn the rabbit ears. One of my sisters would have to stand up there, kind of like, and turn. Anybody remember those days? You had to kind of turn it just to get the channel just right, you know? And we had, we had tinfoil coming off the ears, and we were trying to turn it so that we could get a good reception. Don't move! Got the picture in now. Right? Most of the fights were about, no, I want to watch this. No, I want to watch Gilligan Island. No, I want to watch Petty, whatever it was, you know? We were about fighting about what TV program. Well, that's what happened. We bought into it. We bought into the world's view. And so what what does the world do? They market to us fast food. They market to us, everything's instant. They market to us, and so that becomes our diet. And all of a sudden, our lives are changed. And not necessarily for the better. Now, some things that are marketed for us are better, but a lot of things are very detrimental to our health. And so over the next couple of weeks, the next four weeks, we're going to change the way that we think 
based upon God's Word. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. I'll have it up on the screen in just a moment. But 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the Bible says, May God Himself. Who? Come on. God Himself. The God who makes everything whole, holy, and whole. First, He makes you holy. The word holy in the Bible means to be set apart for a purpose. That's what it means. To be set apart for a specific purpose. It means free from defilement and sin. I want you to know today, the only way that you are holy before God is because of what Jesus Christ did 2,000 years ago on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross and he said, it is finished! At that moment, the blood that was shed from Calvary's tree made you potentially holy. See, there's no other way to God. There's no other way to a right relationship entering into the presence of God. He not only made you holy, but he made you whole. And where did he make you whole? He made you whole in spirit, soul, and body. Not just your spiritual man. And that's the problem in the church. Everything's been over here on the spiritual side. And we got this thing tilted. Anybody ever do a teeter-totter when, when you're a kid? And you'd kind of, I don't know about you, but you know the boys are always bad. We get a girl on there that was a little naive and unexpected. And we're going up and down and then the boy jump off, right? Right? And that would happen. Or, right, you know, and then bam, you know, they're on the ground and they're crying. And what happens? You tilt, you tilt the pendulum. So we got this pendulum all the way over here and we've neglected the reality of God's mission for our life in relationship to our physical body. Keep yourself fit. Everyone say fit. God wants you to be fit. God wants you to be fit. Let me give you some God facts this morning. Let me give you some God facts. These are some God facts. Get a little piece of paper. You got to write these verses down. These are all found in the B-I-B-L-E. Everyone say Bible. Bible. I didn't make this up. We're preaching the Bible right now. So we run around the room and shout. And we can get all kind of excited because we're preaching the Bible. Amen? This is my Bible like Jolie says. I can have what it says I can have. I mean, this is your word. This is the word of God. It has power to change your life. See, God has some facts. God has some facts for you. Now, the first fact that God, I want you to hear this morning, the first fact that God has for you is found in 3 John chapter 2. Are you with me this morning? Yeah. Come on, don't leave me. Don't run out the door. Hang on. 3 John, verse number 2. Now, John was a disciple of Jesus. You know, another problem we have is we read these Bible passages, and we think these, old, these were like real old guys. No, they're old now. But John was relatively young when he hung out with Jesus. He was 21, 22. They think he was probably the oldest of the disciples. He might have been 24. So the oldest disciple that was hanging out with Jesus was 24 years of age. And he loved Jesus. As a matter of fact, John, when he wrote about himself, he said, Jesus loved me. He's the only, only one that he talks about. Jesus, like, I'm really special to Jesus. I was Jesus' best friend. I was on the inside. Well, whether that's true or not, you know, he says it, so we got to believe it because it's in the Bible. But, you know, that's pretty funny to me. Might not be funny. It's pretty funny to me. Jesus loved John, and he hung out with Jesus. And I want you to hear. I want you to hear what he says about God's plan for you. Third John, now, this is a greeting. He's writing to this member of a local church. His name is Gaius. And he's writing to this member of a church, and he's talking to him about God's desire and God's plan. And, and listen what he says here. And this is a greeting that he's given to him. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper. Everyone say prosper. Prosperity in the Bible is not defined by American capitalism. It's just all wrong. See, you can think either as an American or you can think as a Christian. 
And Christian prosperity goes way beyond American prosperity. Because American prosperity always is attached to dollar signs. And so therefore in America, you can be prosperous financially, and the rest of your world can be hell, but you're still successful. Not in God's kingdom. Jesus said, you can't serve God and money. So his prosperity here goes way beyond materialism. Way beyond that. It's prosperity in every dimension of your life. Faith, family, friends, finances, and your physical body. Because look what he says here. That you may prosper in all things. Everyone say all things. Oh, come on, say it again. All things. And be in what? I'm being what? And be in what? Be in health. God wants you to prosper just as your spirit man prospers. Guys, see, we got the spirit part, and we understand that, but the body part, we don't got it figured out. Therefore, we spend $176 billion a year trying to fix it after the fact rather than taking care of it. It's called divine health. Everyone say divine health. It's supernatural because we're following another plan. We're looking at God's way. So I want to remind you of that. You see, Satan has a plan for your life, and it's very, very bad. How bad is it? Very bad. Satan is bad all the time, and all the time, Satan's bad. Satan has a terrible plan for your life. A terrible plan. And that's to destroy you. And if he can shortchange the mission in your life, he's going to do it. And if he can't do it through the spirit part, he'll do it through your physical part. This, This is never an issue of people until they get down to the end. I've said this over the last three weeks because I have two friends that are very close one, fr- one man that went to this church a couple of years ago, lives in Ost- lives out, I don't know where he lives, but he lives not in this community, but lives in another community. He's at the very end of his life, very end. And let me tell you, he does not want to die. And I always say this, the only people that want to die right now are people that are depressed. I mean, when you pray, oh God, just take me home, it's because you're depressed. See, when you're happy and you're feeling good, you don't want to die, you want to live. You're like Caleb. All right, God, we're going to take another mountain. Oh, we're like Joshua. We're going to go in and possess the land. But when you feel bad, and many times you feel bad because your body feels bad. Oh, God, take me home. Your body might feel bad because you abused it too much the night before. Your body might feel bad because you feel bloated. Your body might feel bad because you have a disease that's riddled it. And the fact is today, God has a better plan for you. So God doesn't want us to be reactive. He wants us to be proactive. God wants us to get this. Now listen to this. First thing, you can write this down. Number one, some God facts about your health. Our bodies are valuable to God and being created in His image, therefore, they are good. Everyone say, my body is good. My body is good. Your body is good today because I'm not comparing my body to anybody else. I'm not looking at the guy in the muscle magazine and saying, oh, I'm not doing that. I'm being who God's created me to be. And I have this vessel. A young woman, by the time she's 17 years of age, has seen over 250,000 images of what she's supposed to look like. The problem is, even that young girl doesn't look like it. Kate Winslet, I read recently this actress, was really ticked off at Vogue magazine because when they put her up on the magazine, they stretched her out and made her look skinny. And she said, that's not me. I don't want that picture on there. But that's what they do. They airbrush and they scrimp and they paint and cover up warts. They do all that kind of stuff. And that's not real. And so we buy into this wrong view. Listen to Genesis 127. God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him male and female. Then God blessed them. 
Everyone say, God blesses me. God wants to bless you today. Then God, listen to this. Then God saw everything that he made, and indeed, it was very good. It ain't just good. It's very good. Your body is very good. It's why we put such a high premium on life. It's why we put such a high value on life as believers. Because we're made of the image of God. It's not an accident. You know, the fact is, is that things are breaking down. It's the law of, uh, uh, of thermodynamics. The whole world is breaking down. And to counteract that, we have to do something. It's why evolution is not true. Evolution is teaching that everything's getting better. Everything's being redefined. The fact is, everything is happening exactly the opposite. That's why my chest has dropped down into my drawers. That's why when I looked on Facebook and somebody posted a picture of me when I was 22 years of age, I mean, I had the full thing going up there, man. It was a flowing. And now they all went down the drain. They're gone. I mean, it's just a reality. So we got to counteract it. So fact number one, your body is good. God made you. He created you. He didn't make junk number two. God considers our body to be his temple or the place where he dwells. Therefore, we are responsible for how we treat it. You're responsible. I can't do this for you. I'm reporting. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm not here to put anybody down. We all got it. I told you my struggles. You know, I gained 40 pounds. 40 pounds. And it caused problems in my life. Some have gained less. Some have gained more. The reality is, is that if we don't view our bodies correctly, and you know when you're 18, when I was 18, I, I told first service, I said when I was 14 year, 15 years of age, I went to Pizza Hut with a bunch of buddies, and uh, I ate 34 slices of pizza, and a couple of chickens, and a salad, and a thing of root beer. I mean, ugh, man, I walked out. I remember walking out of there like, whoa. And when I got home, you know, I had some problems. My body wasn't meant to hold 34. I mean, I shoving them down. And I was eating with some big boys. I mean, there was some big, we were all young, and who can eat the most slices of pizza? 34. And one guy, you know, he probably ate 37 or 40. I mean, and, you know, it, it was amazing. We were like, they couldn't bring the pizzas out fat. You know what they do? All, all the, and they get a table of six or eight young guys, and we're scarfing it down. They couldn't crank the pizzas fast enough out of there for us. It's a problem. I've had my problems. I'm not setting myself up to be some kind of poster boy. As a matter of fact, we're going to bring some experts in. We're going to bring some experts in over the next few weeks on nutrition and on exercise and those kinds of things. I'm, I'm a learner. As a matter of fact, I never really studied it until someone in our church is working with me to get some life insurance, and I realized, man, you know what? I mean, I'm a statistic. I am a statistic, and so are you. Therefore, I want to get more knowledge about this because what I am, what I eat, and I become that. And it affects my life. You're responsible. Your body's a temple. You're the vessel and whom you have from God. And your body is not your own. Verse number 20. For you were bought at a price. It costs Jesus everything for your body. I know we don't believe that. There is a resurrection. There is eternal life. Even if this body is destroyed, somehow God, this is called the resurrection. This is the miracle of the resurrection. The fact is, you know, it, it, we don't believe in soul sleeping. We don't believe in annihilation. We believe in the resurrection. Your physical body will be resurrected. You were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You're not your own. You can't just do it. See, that's we think we can do whatever we want. God paid a great price for your body. It was the precious blood 
of Jesus. So your bodies are his temple. You're responsible for it. Number three, God desires for you to be whole. Listen to this verse in Jeremiah 33, 6. Behold, I will bring it health and healing. Everyone say health. Everyone say healing. I will heal them and reveal to them the abundance of peace and truth. God will heal you when you're sick. God's healed me when I've been sick. God will heal you. It's the message of the good news. Go and preach the good news and heal the sick. That's after the fact. And God's healed me. God's touched me. God's God's done miracles in my life. God loves to heal. God will heal. But he also wants to keep you in health. God wants to keep you in health. So God's desire for you is to be whole. Now, do we all get whole? No, the fact is we're all going to die. The reality is that we live in a fallen world. There's this mystery that we live with, this tension that we hold on to. But this morning, God wants you to be healthy. God does want you. Now, listen, so many people get so messed up. Well, you're preaching health and wealth. No, we're talking Bible here. We're talking Bible facts. And the fact is, God does have a great plan. Satan's plan exactly the opposite. And if you continue to eat and live the way you are, you will someday experience this. And some people, some of us have already experienced the consequences of bad choices. But God's a God of forgiveness. Number five, although we recognize that all foods, all foods are lawful under God's economy, not all foods are beneficial for health. Paul said everything is permissible. But not everything is beneficial. It's permissible in God's kingdom to eat any way that you want to eat. God gave Peter a vision. Peter was a good Jewish boy. He never tasted pork. He never had a piece of fried, fried bacon. Never. Never in his life. He had never eaten a shrimp, clam, never eaten a lobster, none of that. And those lobsters, oh, man, good. Dipped in butter, come on. Hey, surf and turf, right? He never done that. Never done it because he's a Jew, good Jew. Never eaten pork. Never eaten bacon. Didn't do it. God says, Peter, rise up and eat. This big sheet comes down, and man, Peter's like, whoo, yeah. No, that's not what he said, is it? He said, oh, God, I can't do that. And the Lord said, don't call unclean what I call clean. God tells him to eat. So it's permissible to eat anything you want to eat, but there are consequences to it. There are consequences to it. As a matter of fact, if you begin to really study the Bible, which we're going to do, we're going to see God does really have some very clear things about diet and the way that the Jewish people were to eat. There's some very, very, very clear things that he gives them. And number six, uh, number six, listen and learn to what Sister Wisdom says and expect to live the abundant life. Listen and learn to what Sister Wisdom says and expect to live the abundant life. My son, my daughter, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them, and health to a man's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Guard your heart. A friend of mine, his father was an athlete. Father was an athlete, skinny as a rail, ran, exercised, great shape. 33 years of age, pastor in a local church, had a massive coronary heart attack. True story. As a matter of fact, my son, Keenan is named after Keenan. Keenan is my friend, and it was his father, who was my pastor when I lived in Tucson, Arizona. Pastor Roberts, at the age of 33, had a massive heart attack. And he said, doctor, I don't understand. I mean, I'm in good shape. I work out. I exercise. I run. The doctor said, you had the heart 
of a 19-year-old, but you have the arteries of an 80-year-old. Because he grew up in the South. Ate whatever, you know, ate whatever kind of fried thing came down to pike, whatever kind of, whatever it was. I mean, sweet tea, whatever it was here in the South, you know, whatever it was, his diet was all wrong. And at the age of 33, he had to change the way that he lived. He had to change the way that he viewed food. And the fact is, the fact is, it's impacted his life. So rather than dying at 33 and not fulfilling his mission, he's still on the mission field today, fulfilling the mission. But he had to make some changes. You know, 35, 40 years later, he's still walking out those changes. And he's still skinny as a rail. See, just because a person is thin doesn't mean that they're healthy. So we're all created differently. Some have small frames. Some have medium frames. Some have big frames. We're all going to be shaped differently. But the fact is we can all be and live and health in the dimension that God has created us to live. And that's what God wants for you. So let's get real here. Let's get real nitty-gritty. Let's get real, real nitty-gritty. Some of us, if we don't change the problems, it ain't, it's not going to be if we have problems. It's just when they're going to come. If we don't change. I'm speaking to some young people, 14, 15, 16, 18, 20. You don't feel it now. You don't feel the effects. But if you don't change, it's going to impact you. There's some people here, you've tried it. You've done it. It didn't work. God wants you to know you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You see, we're not about behavior modification. It's about life transformation. And the power and the Spirit of Christ that lives in you will enable you. You can do it. You can make the changes. Ty told me in between one of the services, how much weight did you gain? 40 pounds. Ty gained 40 pounds. Every day on his way home, before he had dinner with his family, he would stop at Mickey D's. And it was a double cheese with sweet tea. And you don't have to do that very long. And what happens? Right? We all know that. Now, we're not putting down Mickey D's and a burger every once in a while. But when that becomes our lifestyle, it's a problem. So let's get honest. Let's get real about where we're at. Let's get real. There's a guy named Reuben Jordan. And uh, Jordan Reuben. And I've been reading this book, and it's fascinating. It's really fascinating. And this young guy, he's still a young guy. He's 32 years of age. But when he was 20 years of age, he was in college, and he was dying. He was literally dying. And... Uh, he's in the hospital. I mean, he's so sick. His parents have taken him all over the world. They took out a second mortgage on their home. They've taken him to Mexico. They've taken him to Europe. They've done everything the doctors know to do, and he's dying. He's actually, he says in the book, he says, I'm laying in bed on my deathbed. I'm a 20-year-old college student. And he goes, I hear this nurse crying outside my door, telling another nurse, he's not going to live till tomorrow morning. And he's like, oh, that'll wake you up. Come on, you get real close to Jesus when you hear a nurse say that, isn't that right? Oh, God, help me. And so he starts praying, and God says, I will heal you if you obey my commands. God told him, he said, if you obey my word, I'll heal you. And he said, whatever you want, Lord. And he said he began a journey in his life of learning how to take care of his body. Learning how to take care of his body. And he said, it literally, over the next couple of months, completely changed the way he ate. He had life transformation. So he came to a place of life and death. He was really serious about it. And he said, God wants you to know today, God does want to help you change. Matter of fact, God doesn't want to help you. He will enable you. And without him, for many of us, it won't be possible. But we got to get honest. The second thing is, we got to have some people that help us stay accountable. we got to have some people who love us. In the book of Acts, the Bible says they went from house to house and they studied the word to see if what the apostles said were so. So I'm not asking you just to take my word. I'm asking you to get your Bible out and get with a group of Christians and begin to study to see what God has to say. 
Begin to see what God has to say about your body, and about the way you eat, and about the way you live. And so we've made it really convenient. We've actually, right here at the very beginning of the year, because everyone's doing New Year's resolutions, right here at the beginning of the year, we're doing fresh starts. We're doing 50 days to fitness. We've got small groups. And if you sign up today, this book is 20, you can go on the internet. Come on, I'm doing my best sales job right now. I'm doing my Billy May. I'm giving you a big smile. Come on. If you sign up today, you sign up to be part of a small group, I'll give you this book called Perfect Weight. It's a great book. You sign up. We have small groups that are going to be meeting all over the Central Florida area. I challenge you. It's only five, six weeks. We're going to be meeting together. We're going to be whatever night. My group, the group that I'm in, we meet on Friday night. We've already got a group of people committed. We're going to meet Friday night. Groups are meeting. Some of the groups are actually starting today. When you leave this service and the message of change for you, we're not going to give a great big long altar call where people are bawling down at the altar. I'm going to ask you to do something. Not just be a hearer today. I'm going to ask you to be a doer. Go to that back sign-up sheet. And I want you to sign up. Be part of a small group. Well, I tried it. I did it. No. If, listen, if we tried it, we didn't do it. God wants us to trust him and to walk out the steps of change. You can do it today. God's with you. You've got to be passionate about it. You've got to be passionate about it. You've got to be passionate about change. And that's generally why most change doesn't happen in your life. You're not passionate enough about it. You're not really serious. You'll just wait till the, you know, you'll keep taking whatever you're taking. And the first and second service, Julian Cotto, who's a small group director, has lost 50 pounds over the last three months. And he was taking, he told me, he said, I was taking high blood pressure message, medicine. He said, I lost 50 pounds. I no longer have to take high blood pressure medicine. Well, why is that? Because he got serious about it. You know what he told me yesterday? He said, I had to change the way that I thought about food. I had to change the way that I thought. Now, you know, I'm speaking to a big, broad age group of people here. And you don't realize it, you don't recognize it, you don't feel it when you're young, but you will. And some of you have tried things. I want you to know God wants you to change. He's passionate about you. He loves you. He cares for you. You can do it. Paul the Apostle said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's for you. I am super victorious. We sang it. We all got into the group. I'm super victorious through the yeah, ooh, I'm super big. Come on, we were all in it. We were grooving. Yeah, we were all, we were, were we doing that during worship? Ooh, we could feel it tie up to, kind of, then we got into it a second time. I'm like, come on, let's take off. We're going to run around the building. We're super victorious. Not. Nah. All right, come on. So, got to be passionate. If you want change, you got to set your heart. Say, God, I'm serious about this. I want to change in my life. And then you got to expect it. You got to expect it. You got to expect other people have done it. It's not impossible. God's with you. He loves you. I'm not here to hurt anyone. I'm here to help you. And so we're on this. And, you know, we're gonna, whether you change or not, I'm going to love you anyway. I'm not here to condemn anybody, to put anybody down. But I do want you to fulfill your mission. You know, there was a family, father of a family, and Hurricane Katrina had come. And, and man, you know, the, the Lake Pontchartrain or whatever you were saying that, the, dams, the dikes broke, and water flooded into the city. The guy was with his family, and, and he was a Christian, devout Christian, and God was going to heal him. God was going to deliver him. God was going to set him free. And, you know, he got his family, and the water was down, you know, the water was kind of like coming into the door, and, you know, the police came, hey, say, you need to get out of here. He said, oh, no, God's going to deliver me. God's going to set me free. Don't worry about it. I'm okay. He said, you know, the water's got a little higher, and all of a sudden, a little a guy down the street came by in a little dinghy. 
you know, came by in his little day. He said, hey, man, I'll take you. I'll get your family out. There's still time. He said, ah, no problem. He said, God's going to deliver me. And all of a sudden, the water started to get real high. It got above the door, and he found himself. He had to get on top of his roof. And all of a sudden, you know, I mean, there comes a great big U.S. Coast Guard. I mean, the water's getting high now. And U.S. Coast Guard says, hey, come on. Come on, let's get your family. We're going to save you. No, oh, no, it's going to, God's going to save me. God's going to save me. Oh, Shandai, oh, yeah, boy, we're going to, God's going to deliver me. Oh, boat goes on down the road, goes, rescues another family. All of a sudden, a helicopter comes. Helicopter comes and says, hey, this is your last chance. Man, we're not coming back. And, and this is your chance. We had other people to get. No, God's going to save me. Boom, guess what happens? They all drowned. They all drowned. There he is. He stands before the Lord in heaven. And he's like, you know, God, why didn't you save me? You, you said you would deliver me. You would heal me. You would set me free. You would, you know, deliver me from my enemies. And God just looked at me and said, dude, I did. I sent a dinghy. I sent the U.S. Coast Guard. I sent a helicopter. And you never listened. I gave you the answer. Didn't do anything about it. And that's what happens to most people. Most people, it's a blah, blah, blah moment, and they got a good, feel good, and they leave, but there's no change. And if that's a reality for us. We've got to get honest today. And so the first thing that's going to happen today is I'm going to challenge you to surrender fully to Christ in every area of your life. I'm going to ask every person here. I'm going to challenge every person here to surrender fully to Christ. You know, the fact is this body will perish and pass away. That is a reality. That is a fact. And so the most important thing is that our spirit, man, our soul, see, he wants us to be whole and holy in our spirit, soul, and body. And so the first thing today, we got to get our hearts right with God. Maybe you're starting off the first of the year and you've been living life the wrong way. You know, you've been trying to make it your own way. And today God's just reaching out to you in love. And this has been a really strong message, I know. But I want you to know today that God really does have a plan. Whether you choose to eat differently or not, God's still going to love you. Because the most important thing is that your spirit, man, is born again. That you get a new life from the Jesus Christ. God, this is not behavior modification. It's about life transformation. Like I said at the very beginning, you know, we spent most of the time at City Church talking about the spiritual man. I'm a, and we're going to spend a few weeks talking about the body. What God's plan for you is. We're here to help. Thanks for listening to this message, All in the Family, with lead pastor Eugene Smith. For service times and more information about City Church Orlando, please visit our website anytime at orlandocitychurch.com or call 407-321-9600.